0: All right, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, My name is Ben Kearns. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And that was awesome with the kids. So, jealous. so if you're an adult, get right up in front of the camera. That's you, Bruce Schiller. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right, get on in there. Hey, it is, uh, we're going to take a look uh, at the word. And I love this idea of the gift. And there's so many good gifts. And uh, it's interesting, as a kid, you know, you just see gifts coming. But as a parent, there's this other end where you give gifts. I don't know if you, as a parent, you've ever given a gift And like someone actually missed out on it, Um, and this happened to my poor son Noah. You know, he he went to Frontier Ranch uh, the summer going into his sixth grade year, and he'd already been a couple times. And so we knew the deal that he'd go off to camp, spend a week without us, and he'd come back dirty, and uh, and we'd give him some money, and really he'd spend all of his money, like by day two, he'd buy all the milkshakes and ice cream and toys and shirts and hats and buy everything and then by Tuesday and he'd be done. And so I thought as his dad, I'm gonna hook him up. I'm gonna give him an extra 20 bucks for him to go wild at camp. And uh, so I had this brilliant idea though. I didn't wanna just give him 20 bucks in the front end because then he would just eat all this junk food on Monday and Tuesday and be in the same problem. So I thought, you know, he's kind of struggles with his hygiene a little bit. And so I thought I'd put it in his toiletry bag. I'd hide it in there. And I'm sure by Wednesday, he would get around to brushing his teeth and he would see this gift, this 20 extra bucks, right? I took it out of my checking account and I'm done with it. I gave it to him and I was just thinking, oh, he is going to be pumped. By Wednesday or Thursday, he's going to have all this extra money to goof off with the camp. And uh, I knew my plans went, went a little south because when we picked him up on Saturday, he was wearing swim trunks. And we're like, did you go swimming already? And he's like, no, no, we went swimming on Tuesday. And I'm like, oh boy. And, uh, and so but sure enough, we came home, we opened up his bag, and his bag is pristine, perfect. All the clothes are put exactly where they are, which meant his toiletry bag was put exactly where it was, which meant when I opened it up, there was the brand new crisp $20 bill that he missed out on because he forgot to brush his teeth and change his clothes his sixth grade year at camp. But he's come a long way. So um, but I thought, gosh, isn't that wild? As a a dad, I wanted to bless him. Right. I I had this present. I paid for it. I gave it to him. And I just wanted him to enjoy this gift. And yet he totally missed out on it. And uh, and I love the passage that uh, Shelley read out of Isaiah. It says this, right? For unto us, a child is born. To us, a son has been given. We have been given this gift. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is this gift that God has extended to us. And I love all uh, Advent long, we've been looking at this idea of the gift. And now it is, it's Christmas. And we recognize the gift has been given. And I just wanted to to ask this one question before we go through the rest of our Christmas time together. And that's really this, that I don't want you to miss out on the gift that has already been given. You see, you and I have been given this gift by God. It's His Son, Jesus, right? Who is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace God has done all the work. He's extended this gift to us. And now it's just a matter for us to fully embrace it and receive it and take all the advantages of it. And I would hate for you to miss out on it because here's the deal, everything, every single thing changes when we actually receive this gift that has already been given. Everything about who you are, about whose you are, about what God has for you changes the second you take advantage of this gift John says it this way in, in the book of John, chapter one, verse 12, it says this, yet to all who did receive him, right? So God has given us this gift in Jesus. And then John says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, we're all made in the image of God and we all value because we're made in the image of God. And there's this opportunity to be adopted into the family of God. And it's just hanging out there for us to grab a hold of. And once we take advantage of that, we are now the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And you see, once we become children of God, everything changes. In fact, there's three things I just want to share with us really quickly tonight that changes. But here's the first thing. One is that we become the object of God's affection. And this is what I mean by that. My, my, I don't know if you kids have ever played sports or been in plays. My daughter, she likes doing plays. And I love watching kids do plays. It's so fun. They're trying out their skills. They're singing and they're dancing. And you see all these kids. And I look at these kids and I go, look at all those kids. They're so beautiful. But within five seconds, my eyes focus on my daughter and all I see is her. She is the object of my affection, right? I watch all these kids play Little League or play football and I see all the kids happening. I love it, but I'd zero in on my kid, right? God has that. When we say yes to the gift of Christ and we become children of God, we now are the objects of God's affection. He zeroes in on us. He sees us, he loves us, and he cares for us. Not only do we become the object of God's affection, but we also get access to all of the rights of being children of God. And I learned this uh, the hard way when I was in high school. And I don't know about you and you were in high school um, if you had these sorts of friends, but my parents, you know, they loved cooking good food for us. It was nice and healthy, but they were, we were a no junk food family. And if you're a teenager, that's like the worst kind of home to grow up in, the no junk food family. So I had a friend, my, fr- my buddy Craig and his family loved him. And they loved him so much that their refrigerator was stocked with uh, those, those microwave hamburgers, with Hostess, with sodas, and they had what we didn't have in our family, lunch meat. Oh, it was incredible. And so for my entire high school career, every lunch we would go over to their house And just eat him out of house and home i mean we just ate so much food it was unbelievable and we were there so much that um that that his mom linda began calling us her boys like we're her boys we're like yeah we're your boys and like she was like our other mom and we would call her mom and she calls her boys and and we had this relationship like like we were her family but what i realized the hard way was not just that we are part of her family in her heart but That was it. And the way I found this out is uh, my senior year, I found out that they were taking the family to Hawaii that summer. And I thought, oh, this is awesome. The boys were going to Hawaii. We are going to go and embrace our new family in Hawaii. And I could take my family and I'll send them a postcard because we're going. And as I was thinking about summer, thinking about us boys and her boys going to Hawaii, all of a sudden it became very clear that this affectionate term that we were her boys and she was our mom was nice when she fed us. She was a great hostess to us. But the truth is she wasn't really our mom, right? Her kids got to go to Hawaii. Her kids got college paid for. Her kids got a brand new car and we got lunch meat, which I'm super thankful for, but right. There's a difference. And so we need to recognize we are guests in God's home. God, we get all access to God's love and affection and his blessings. But when we say yes, to the gift of Christ, when we say yes, to being invited into the family of God. Then all of a sudden we go from being guests in the home to actually be recipients of every spiritual blessing that God has for us. I wrote down a couple of these because I think these are just incredible. These are some of the blessings that we have, not because we're made in the image of God, but when we say yes to Jesus, we become adopted into his family. And these blessings now are ours to hold on to. We are chosen by God. We are holy and blameless. We are now the full recipients of all of God's love and his affection and his attention. We've been adopted into his family. I love the passage of scripture says, you know, once we were not a people and now we are a people. We've been redeemed through his blood. That means that all the, the death and destruction that has been, that's happened to us and that we've caused, that Jesus can actually take and redeem and use for His glory. All of our sins have been forgiven. I love this. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has put His mark on us to prove and show for all time that we are His. And not only is it a mark, but the Holy Spirit also is this rejuvenative power, this regenerative. you know what I'm trying to say, this power that actually transforms us and makes us more and more like Christ that we've been given unique spiritual gifts. We've been given a very unique calling. We actually have an eternal inheritance that God right now is at home building a home, a side room and his mansion for us, that we get to spend eternity with him. But while we're here on earth, not only that, that he also has a purpose and a plan for you and for me, that we are actually called to be co-laborers with him, to be ambassadors of the good news. And that is the third thing. So the first thing, right, is that we become objects of God's affection. The second thing is that we get access to all of the rights that it means to be children of God. And the third thing is this, that now we are invited to participate in all of the responsibilities of being a child of God. You see, with my friend Craig and his mom, Linda, like I, I was just a guest, right? I didn't have to mow the lawn, do the dishes, do the laundry, do my chores, do any. I didn't have to contribute at all because I was just a guest. But you know, in your family, when you are part of a family, you actually participate. You are, you are a, a vital member of your family and you have responsibilities. And same is true in the kingdom of God, that we have responsibilities once we become children of God. And what I love is this idea that we actually become partners with God in the family business. And we don't, that's not really how our culture is. Like back in the good old days, right? If your, fa- if your father was a carpenter, you became a carpenter. If your father was a blacksmith, you became a blacksmith, right? There was these family trades that got passed on down, down, down. Well, in the family of God, there is this family business being about the expanding kingdom of God. And God longs for you and I to be a participant in it. In the, in the second verse or the third verse of O Holy Night, I love the way that it actually teases what these out. The first is that this family business has these unique values. It says right in, in O Holy Night, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Those are the values of the family of God. And what do we do with these values that we actually work for justice? It says, chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. And we've been called by God to be partners and workers of this justice. And finally, the family value, right? The more that we get to know God, the more we fall in love with him, the more we are just compelled to worship him. The end of O Holy Night wraps it up like this. says, sweet hymns of joy in a grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. And so that, Is the gift that has been given to you and has been given to me through Jesus Christ? God already paid the price. It's already been done. It's just hanging out there for us to take advantage of. Now, over this Advent season, I'd come into the office and I'd, you know, to to sign off on on expense reports and, you know, the, the important work of being a pastor in my office. But on the big table in our office was this box. And many of you got this box, right? On Starry Night and our children's ministry put hundreds of hours to make all these bags and all this cool stuff. And you may not realize this, but every one of these boxes has your exact name on it. And this lonely box sat on the table for three whole weeks with this family's name on it. And I'd walk past my office and I would see this box. It would just make me sad because there is a family out there who signed up for Starry Night, who we had a box to give them and they missed out. All this work, right? It's already been done. It's no more skin off our back because we already did the work. And it was this gift that was just hanging out there that was missed. And this is just a fun little box. And, you know, you missed out on a couple things. In fact, we'll make sure you get this in January. But I would hate, I would hate if you missed the opportunity to be adopted into the family of God, to, to think that being a guest in the family of God was all that there was to simply just eat from the fridge, which is super fun, to take advantage of all the goodies that it means of being a guest. That is so great, but I would hate it if you missed out on taking advantage of receiving the gift that has been given, saying yes to Christ, receiving him, being adopted into his family and taking full advantage of being the object of God's affection, taking access to all the rights of being a child of God and then being invited to participate And all the responsibilities of being a child of God. And so, as we get ready to wrap up our time together at Christmas Eve, let me just offer a prayer for for you and for I and for our church as we transition towards the end of this service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, you are so generous. You're so generous to your children. You're so generous to the guests in your home. You're so generous to all of humanity. And to all of humanity, you've provided this incredible on-ramp, this gift, the gift of your son, Jesus, that we remember who was born on Christmas morning, who took on the form of a child, who became a servant and ultimately died to cover all of our sins so that we can be adopted into your family to be the full object of your affection and take advantage of all the rights and responsibilities. And so for those of us who have known and loved you a long time, this this evening, God, we just recommit our heart to you. We recommit and say yes to you for we love you and long to be kids that warm your heart and bless you in return. And for some of us, this may be the night that we just take the step of faith and say, yes, Lord. I've been a guest for far too long, and I'm ready to not just be a guest, but to take full advantage of all the rights and responsibilities that it means to be a child of God. And so with a mustard seed of faith, we say yes to you, Christ. And you receive our gift of faith and allow us to be adopted. And then there's some who are new on this journey and are trying to figure out what it means to know you and to love you. And you've been around the family of God for a little bit. And for, for, if that's where you're at tonight, I just pray that you would just receive all of the benefits and blessings of being a guest in the house of God. For God loves you. And He longs for you to someday to say yes, to be a precious daughter and precious son of the King. For we see... Like the scriptures say that unto us a child has been given is a gift that has been extended to you and to me. You are a wonderful counselor. You are mighty God. You are everlasting father and you are our prince of peace. And like the end, at the end of O Holy Night where it says, for this reason we fall on our knees and we worship you, Jesus the Christ, who is the Lord. For when you appeared, our soul felt its worth. It was a thrill of hope that now this weary world, our weary souls can rejoice. So in response, we fall on our knees. We hear the angels' voices singing, O night divine, for this is the night that Christ was born. Amen. And amen.